Hi, everyone, and welcome to First Aid Insights, a podcast presented by the University of Delaware's Institute for Public Administration. That's IPA for short. My name is Troy Mix. I'm Associate Director at IPA and your host for this episode. I'm joined today by Ayana Khan and Andre Dixon from the Delaware Black Chamber of Commerce. Established in 2020, the Chamber supports small businesses by helping them connect with larger companies and one another, providing business development training and education, and raising awareness about Delaware's Black business community. In addition to running their own companies, Ayana is the founder, president, and CEO of the Delaware Black Chamber of Commerce, and Andre serves as the Chamber's membership coordinator. On February 28, 2022, I spoke with Ayana and Andre about the creation and growth of the Delaware Black Chamber of Commerce, the challenges facing Delaware's Black-owned businesses, and how the Chamber is working to support members and enhance the state's business environment. Let's get to the conversation. Ayana and Andre, thanks for joining me this morning. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you very much. I want to jump right into talking about the Delaware Black Chamber of Commerce. And if I have it right, it was founded in 2020. What kind of came together at that point in time or why was that the right time to launch? We launched September 17, 2020. It was a perfect timing. It's in the midst of the pandemic. What we were noticing was that minority businesses, specifically black businesses, were closing at a higher rate in the pandemic for lack of resources. They were not qualifying for the pandemic relief through the federal government or through the state of Delaware. So we wanted to do something about that. As small business owners ourselves, we heard and saw the challenges that businesses were facing. So we wanted to address those challenges to get those businesses the resources and the tools that they needed to keep their doors open. What was the response in terms of members signing up or partners coming to the table as you got going? Well, yeah, it's been an overwhelming response so far. We have uh, had a very uh, upward trajectory of uh, memberships since the uh, inception of the of the chamber. So we have been well received in the business community, not only in the black community, but also the broader community as well. One third of our membership are, are not black, are majority citizens. So we have a broad appeal and we have appeal not only in this northern part of the state, we have it throughout the entire state. And Ayana, when you were talking about the timing of getting started in the pandemic and kind of some really like immediate response needs, how was the chamber able to respond, you know, support those efforts? For example, access to funding opportunities that were out there. What were some of the immediate opportunities for the chamber to step in and out? Well, one of our first partnerships was with the state of Delaware. When we launched, there was the Delaware Relief Grant. The state had funding available through the Cures Act for, you know, COVID relief funding. And we partnered with the state. We had several conversations and really uh, minority businesses were being denied at a higher rate for several different things, just not having their paperwork completed or just eligible paperwork to qualify for the funding. So when we partnered with the state, what we did was we provided the technical assistance for those businesses so they would qualify for the pandemic relief. We basically let them know what they needed to have all their docs in a row to get the funding that was out there such as correct taxes, tax information, correct um, business licenses, 
basic things like that. We provided the education and we also provided the technical assistance. We wanted to ensure that minority businesses and other disadvantaged entrepreneurs didn't have to close their doors and just be left behind because they weren't able to qualify for the support. And the pandemic, you know, is a shock for all. I think that's fair to say. And, you know, it's, it's great that you're able to offer response and support to your members and to the broader community. You both mentioned your, your business owners uh, at various times in your life. Were these persistent problems for Black and minority-owned businesses beforehand? These challenges were there before the pandemic. The pandemic just highlighted the disparities, just highlighted where the education and the resources and the tools were needed for these businesses. They were not getting this information prior to that. So the pandemic was like a blessing on a curse. It really highlighted where we fell short as far as building more diverse and inclusive communities and helping with small business development and supporting the growth of minority-owned businesses in our state. Can you speak a little bit to the diversity of members in terms of size of business, kind of how long they've been in business, sector, those kinds of factors? What's the coverage of the chamber at the moment? So we are a state chamber. We cover all three counties. Currently, we're at 408 businesses that are members with us. A large bulk of our membership are small business members, and we define a small business as anyone that has 10 or less employees. And then the second largest membership tier for us is the home-based business, so the solopreneurs, those individuals that are consulting from their home, making cakes or t-shirts from their home. We do have a student membership. We also have a friend of the chamber membership for individuals that want to support the chamber and don't necessarily have a business or may work for a corporation and they still want to support. We do have the corporate membership. Right now we have 25 corporations that are members with us. And then we have the nonprofit membership and we have 35 of those are nonprofits. That seems like a pretty broad coverage to me. Do you see any holes from your end in terms of people you're looking to plug in or types of organizations? We're looking to get more corporations involved. We need to really get corporations that are saying that they support the DEI initiatives and they're all inclusive and they want to work with minority businesses and Black businesses, especially since the social unrest in our country from 2020. We need those folks to really walk the walk and join our chamber and really you know, help these businesses that are still, you know, not out of the clarity. You know, there's still a need. And Andre, I don't know if you want to add to that. Corporation uh, looking to be part of our chamber is a great way to kind of uh, build a, a kind of a farm system of businesses that can one day be their suppliers, be their vendors, be their official vendors. So it is a great way to help coach and mentor small organizations so they'll grow big enough and scale big enough so that one day they can actually support a large you know, a, a multinational corporations uh, in, in a vendor role. So this is a great way for them to reach their DNI initiatives, great way for them to actually, you know, uh, do the things they say they believe in. So we have the type of opportunity now in this state, in this area, to help that, that dream come, become a reality. 
Yeah, I mean, Delaware is like the incorporation capital of the world. It's a banking state. We need those individuals, those major corporations that are here to really get involved and help serve this underserved population and support businesses through either training, mentorship, like Andre said, supply diversity opportunities, and just increase the number of small business success. And this will also help reduce the racial income gaps that is is prevalent right now. Yes. And Delaware now ranks as a a fifth state as far as uh, uh, Black business goes to do do, uh, create and and do business as a Black business. So this is a a fantastic fertile ground for a lot of corporations to help themselves reach their goals. And in terms of programming, I mean, it was a weird time for a lot of organizations the last few years in terms of, and I imagine as you're getting started, it was a weird time to do a lot of things virtually. But could you talk about types of programs you've been able to do to engage your members and the broader community, how those have been conducted, and maybe what some successes have been the last couple of years? Well, we have a lot of webinars, a lot of educational events. Uh, we had the Better, the Better Business Bureau uh, do a number, do a series. We have uh, Microsoft doing a series and Google doing a series as well. So, and then we have a, a number of other uh, organizations or people who are doing uh, webinars to help educate people on the things they need, like advertising or marketing, uh, understanding the analytics, things, the, the, uh, things of this nature. So we have a, a really a broad platform of different webinars to help individuals learn more, understand what it takes to be uh, to get to that next level. Yeah, we have the SBA series on federal contracting, hub zones, 8A, also access to capital, which is a hot topic. We also launched the Enrich Delaware program about six months ago, which is a national curriculum. And this program really prepares minority business owners for growth and expansion through education. It's, it's, a, it's a program or curriculum that's offered in 85 other markets. And we brought it here to Delaware. We call it Enrich Delaware. And it's really um, here to address the barriers that businesses, minority businesses are facing when it comes to, to growth and empowering themselves. A lot of Black businesses, you know, they are working um, in their business and on their business, they just don't have the capacity to do so. So we want to really, you know, change that by helping them obtain the training and resources that they need to just advance and grow their businesses. Could you talk a little bit about what in your mind sets apart Black and minority-owned businesses in terms of that lack of capacity? Like, what are some of the key factors that set these types of businesses behind kind of majority owned businesses that groups like yours really need to help fill the gaps and provide support? Well, one major gap, huge gap for minority and black business owners is financing. We have 83% of black businesses that cannot get a startup loan. We do lots of research, lots of reading. That's a major gap, securing funding. While many small businesses have access to federal relief and PPP loans like we saw in the pandemic, and they're able to navigate, this demographic wasn't able to do so. So I think that that is the major one, lower net worth, 
lack of collateral, um, you know, poor credit, all things like that, and poor business planning or lack of resources all, you know, take a toll on that gap in business financing. So you talked about timing being opportune in terms of a lot of needs arising in the pandemic. And, you know, it sounds like a lot of great success and progress so far. Have there been major areas of resistance? And that might not be the right word, but things, big obstacles you've had to overcome. There has been obstacles. I mean, we're no different from another Black business, right? We were strategic in how we launched and and how we plan to launch and how we're going to sustain. So we're no different from that where we had to make sure we had all our ducks in a row that we can qualify for, for funding as well. We had to show, really, we had to show and prove to get the support that we needed. And then because we're the Delaware Black Chamber of Commerce, we got a little bit of pushback there. You know, our name says the Delaware Black Chamber of Commerce, but our membership really is for everyone. We are all inclusive. We just have a strong minority focus because this is a demographic that's been overlooked for quite a long time. Those are just some of the things. We really just focus on the work, on the mission and the objective of the chamber, providing um, peer support, networking opportunities, educational programs, and just resources to, you know, make those connections and relationships for entrepreneurs. So we just focus, focus on the positive. So moving forward, I mean, I think good news, relatively speaking, on the pandemic front. I mean, things seem to be trending in the right direction to do a lot more in person. There's still economic challenges out there with inflation and supply chain issues, for example. What kind of big initiatives are on the table for you all the next year that you want to highlight or want community support for? Well, we were just named one of the spokes in the SBA, SBDC Community Navigator Program for Enriched Delaware Program. So this will be like a go-to program for the state for businesses that are in mid-level, not in the startup phase, but mid-level of their business where they have certain amounts of revenue and employees. So we're excited about that opportunity and the funding that's coming along there. We're always going to need support to sustain fundraising doesn't stop. As a 501c3, we have to continue to fundraise, to grow as well. We're looking to grow our staff. Right now, we have three full-time staff members. We're looking to grow staff. We would love to have someone in Washington, D.C., um, not to lobby specifically, but to advocate on our members' behalf and on the chamber's behalf. So we need funding for that. And we also want to you know, spotlight our members more often, get them out there, uh, let them become heard, because it's very hard for somebody on a you know, shoestring budget to really get the word out effectively. And if we were to come back and have a conversation in three to five years, what would you hope to talk about in terms of the success of your members and changes to the overall climate of business in Delaware that you've made an impact on? Well, if we were to come back in three to five years, we're going to talk about how we had an influence on economic barriers and social barriers here in the state, institutional barriers here in the state of Delaware how we were able to increase the state's minority participation and minority numbers, as well as corporate participation, minority participation as well. We're looking to, of course, grow our membership and just offer more resources. 
Yeah, you know, economic uh, issues like, you know, blight or poverty in the, in the area, economic opportunity for young people, young kids coming up, more opportunity for them, more opportunity for kids coming out, coming out of high school, be able to uh, attract and retain great uh, young young talent coming out of these uh, Delaware colleges and into this area again. So definitely we'd love to have, you know, the next, the first major wave, first organized uh, wave with a, a large number of black entrepreneurs attributed to our programs. Well, I look forward personally to tracking your journey and I hope we have a chance to talk again uh, soon to kind of see what successes have been coming out of the chamber. And I really appreciate Ayana and Andre, you uh, joining me today. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Troy. Thanks, Troy. This episode was presented as part of the ongoing Delaware Founders Stories series, a collection of conversations focused on the journeys of underrepresented and underestimated entrepreneurs. To learn more about the Delaware Black Chamber of Commerce, visit debcc.org. For more information on the Institute for Public Administration, visit ipa.udel.edu. Thanks for listening today. Subscribe to First State Insights and tune in again soon. Take care.